0: Despite my concerns about being late, we ended up having some time to spare to wander around Pahuska. During our exploration of one of the town's antique stores, the professor found one of those old-timey fortune teller machines that was outfitted with a cowboy hat. Curious, the professor fed it a dollar bill and got the following fortune.
1: Zoltar the Gypsy, at your service. Ah, today is your lucky day, my friend, for I have a fortune especially for you. Listen closely. Sometimes you can tell a wise person not only by what he says, but also by what he doesn't say. Remember, it is much better to say little than to say too much and regret it later. Give Zoltar your treasure. I have much wisdom to share with you. Your fortune is mine for the telling, and yours for the hearing. Come let Zoltar tell you more.
2: <clears throat> round and round the ball will spin till it draws your luck. good luck coin. Ah, uh, I can foretell for you good luck in a month or two. It's not too long to wait. The Crystal Gazer has wonderful things in store for you. A dear one will return from a long trip, and your whole life will be different. You have a patient disposition, and your patience is about to be rewarded. Despair not, I say, for your days of despair will soon be over. Your calm spirit and your good sense will see you through all emergencies. You have many friends, particularly in the armed forces. They are loyal to you and are glad of an
0: opportunity to be of service to you. This is Sam Saxon, along with Professor joff Deroux, and you're listening to Tales Unveiled where we travel across Oklahoma for ghost stories, as well as urban legends and local history.
1: I'm Garrett Hartness, and I'm with the Constantine Theater, and I am uh, one of the directors.
0: Let's start with the history of Pahuska. What can you tell us about this town?
1: Well, Pawhuska is the capital of the Osage Nation and the Osage Nation moved here in 1872. Pawhuska didn't really become a a metropolis or a booming uh, city until uh, we're probably looking at 1906-1907 when uh, they had literally sold the city Lots for actually non-Osages to come in and to buy property in the county. At the time, uh, its largest population would have been in the 1920s. It would have been about uh, 6,500 people.
0: What's that today, roughly?
1: Today, we're about 3,400. So
0: on the subject of today, what can people expect to find here?
1: Well, we have uh, the Pioneer Woman, which is one of the biggest and hottest things in the country right now.
0: Have you gotten to meet her? I have, yes. So what else is there here to check out?
1: Well, we have uh, several things to look at here when you come to Pasca, Oklahoma. We have an old swinging bridge that was used in the 1920s, and it's still used today. Uh, You can walk across it, view it, and it's probably one of the most popular things that people like to see. Of course, the Pioneer Woman, she has a mercantile here, and she has a restaurant here. She has uh, boarding house she has uh, an event center that you can rent to have weddings and things like that sounds like i'm doing a promotion for the pioneer woman it's hard not to it's, and it's hard not to that's right and she also has a pizza place and an ice cream place as well um what doesn't she have here <laughs> i don't know she's opening she's getting ready to open up something new as well so i'm she not she doesn't have her own say.
0: theater does she
1: she does not have her own theater yet
0: well tell us about the theater and the building that we're in right now what's the history of this place
1: well the building that we're in was uh, originally a hotel uh, in 1894 uh, and it stayed a hotel until, until mid 1914 when uh, Mr. Constantine closed the hotel down and uh, built the beautiful Constantine Theatre and so uh, it was an opera house when it was built it was housed it's it it had about 740 seats in it at the time that it at the time it opened Um, had the largest um, proscenium of the theater any theater in the state of Oklahoma in 1914 and the second largest stage today it seats about uh, 588 seats I believe and uh, is still used in one of the oldest performing arts centers in the state of Oklahoma. As far as my research goes, I think it's the second oldest uh, being used uh, theater in the, or what we call a performing arts center. Because you may have an old theater that was a movie house prior to, or something like that. But so, what
0: kind of productions were shown here throughout the ages?
1: Well, when it opened up, its opening, grand opening was December the twenty second, nineteen fourteen, and they had a operetta musical that was touring the country called the Prince of Pilsen and Mr. Constantine paid a considerable amount of money I think it was about a thousand dollars at the time he went to Kansas City and booked them and had them uh, as they were leaving Kansas City on their way to Dallas stop in Pasco, Oklahoma for his grand opening uh, tickets sold for as much as $5 for uh, front row seats or if you were sitting in the opera boxes. And they went on down to a dollar. $5 would have been a lot of money in 1914. But it was a full, uh, ongoing, uh, traveling musical, like what you might see today if you saw Wicked or something like that compared to something. Um, and it had... Uh, he also did silent pictures as well. And so there were lots of um, great old silent pictures that were shown here in the day Um, maybe once in a while a Rudolph Valentino though most of his were shown across the street at a different theater but there were uh, other films as well Uh, the birth of a nation was a huge film when it came out in 1915 very controversial today but it traveled with its own orchestra when it came here there were um, many vaudeville shows that came and who would stay a week uh, here at the theater, because every day or every night you would come to the theater, you would see that that troupe of uh, vaudeville uh, performers would do a different show every day because you know there was no television, uh, not many people, if any, probably had a radio. So um, the theaters were the places to go. There were um, going through the years, uh, Gone with the Winds probably been the most played movie ever done in this theater. I think it's played about seven times Uh, when it played here in 1940 it was the same movie that um, I say this the same cut of movie that was shown at the premiere and before it you know had some more tweaks done to it and so it was a big event you had to buy your tickets in advance there were many other movies you know a lot of Elvis movies played here and what a lot of people don't know is that you know Elvis in the very beginning uh, Uh, People, uh, you know, churches and things like that were were not huge Elvis fans. And so uh, in the old papers, I found an article where a couple of boys were expelled from school for having their hair styled like Elvis. So, uh, you know. (laughs) But uh, there were... um, you know other events took place here bob wills played on this stage in between movies his his texas playboys would play uh, a set in between movies as they uh, kind of a mid entertainment and so you know th- things like that so you said it originally seated about 740
2: and now much fewer what happened
1: well, I think uh, they tore out the opera boxes, and that actually was a few seats, and the seats don't go all the way to the front of the orchestra pit, you know, many theaters, the seats, you'll have just, you know, a row between the orchestra pit and where you sit. So there's a few seats, there's there's 10 seats in the center section, uh, 10 seats in a row, so you probably had two or three rows there, that's about 30 seats that... Um, are now not here anymore and Mm -hmm. uh your opera boxes um they they seat six people each and so there was six of those but that were um in the balcony area and then one on each side at the bottom so that's where your seats went Mm
2: -hmm. well with all that history of energy there must be something sticking around would you say
1: well um we've had a lot of paranormal groups who've come into the Theater, and uh, we've not had one yet who hasn't said that they didn't feel energy uh, when they came in to do their study. What did they find? That's a very interesting question. Uh, each group, s- all seems to, you know, find something just a little bit different. Um, we've had, I, one of the first um, paranormal groups that came into the theater, came in to set up, had all of their. Uh, equipment out and everything like that and then when they got ready to kind of start their filming half of their battery packs and everything had actually no charge on them or anything like that so that was uh i just remember them talking about there's just no way because they made sure that everything was charged up ready to go because they were anxious about doing this and then came in here and then there was absolutely no power on their um, batteries uh, on several of their batteries. Wow. Uh, another group who came in, uh, who came in on a couple of different occasions, really had an extensive group of people, and uh, they actually found some really really interesting stuff that um, was recordable mm-hmm. and uh, videoed as well. Interesting. So, um, that that I found very interesting and they they also had uh, some names that they gave me and asked me if uh, these particular names had anything to do with the theater or would have any connection to the theater which I found uh, very very close or if not the same name of of people who had been here in the past very interesting
2: what was in the videos
1: Well, the videos had uh, different things uh, as far as like audio that they picked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them was um, uh, what they believed and sounded like Uh, I was standing there when the store closed. And he said, we all listened to it, and we we analyzed it over and over. And he said, it, it wasn't, you know, you would think it instantly I was standing there when the door closed. But he said, it's not the word door, it's the word store. Um, so in the early days, next to the theater, there was a store. It was kind of a cafe, uh, which is now uh, used by um, something totally different. And... It just so happens that they asked me if the name Peter meant anything to the Constantine, if the name Peter did. And I had done extensive research on the Constantine, and Mr. uh, Constantine, coming from Greece, had a lot of Greeks who worked for him. And uh, many of them had the first name of Peter. Mm -hmm. Uh, At at least three of them did. And uh, which is, you know, that doesn't sound uh, like anything too much. I mean, you know, you could probably say does the name Peter mean anything? Well, yeah, there was a Peter. But what I did find interesting on the on the uh, the question on um, does the name Peter mean anything was that Peter was the one who owned the store that was next door. Hmm. So there was a connection with the name Peter and store and did that have anything to do with the store closing, you know? Um, I don't know, but I found that very interesting. Very interesting. Another thing uh, that uh, we're told lots of times is the paranormal groups will say, you know, they picked up sounds that sound like gunshots, and was there ever anyone murdered in the theater or shot in the theater? Uh, The answer to that is not to my knowledge or have not found any research of anyone being shot in the theater, though I did find an interesting story in the early 1900s when it was a hotel before it became a theater so this would have been around 1909 there was a gentleman who was gunned down in the street in front of the constantine at the time hotel and his assailant ran through what is today the theater but it would have been a hotel back then ran through the the hotel uh and then was captured as he was going out the back door the man died in the street and um So I always say, well, is that the gunshots they hear from echoes from the past? Very interesting.
2: Even without a murder in the building, there's certainly a lot of energy from those old oil auctions.
1: Uh, I would think that there would be, uh, because those were... um, You know, they would have been loud, they would have been vigorous uh, bidding and things like that going on. Those started here in uh, the early, early 1920s. And I think it was by about 1922 that almost every auction took place inside this building from 22 through 1942. So that would have been about four times a year. The wealthiest uh, men in the oil business would have been inside this building. Colonel Walters from Skadee, Oklahoma, who was the auctioneer and started doing the Osage auctions in 1916, did all of the Osage auctions at that period of time, never missed an auction. Uh, occasionally there would be a two day auction, and the, at one point, I think it was around 1923 or 24, one two day auction brought in over $14 million. Wow. And at that two day auction, the highest oil lease ever sold was. Uh, sold, And it was $1,990,000, just shy of $2 million for a 160-acre tract of land. Must be good land. Yeah. Well, uh, just one other thing oh, I just want to sure. say just very quickly, too, and talking about uh, events that happened here. Now, there were two deaths that did occur uh, when it was a hotel. Uh, one was from uh, uh, a Native American man, I believe he was Osage, uh, who... Lived outside of town or not far from town, and of course, back in those days, if you lived a mile out, that would have been quite a ways uh, to travel back in the early 1900s. But um, he uh, didn't come into town, he usually came into town pretty regularly. He didn't come into town, so someone went out to check on him and found out that um, he had pneumonia. They brought him into the Pasca House Hotel, which was that was the name prior to the Constantine Hotel, prior to Constantine Theater. And uh, anyway, he he uh, passed away when he was uh, in the hotel. Another one was a young woman by the name of Ada Fry. She moved here from Missouri, originally from Colorado, but I think she was visiting a sister who her family was moving here. And she passed away in the... Uh, pasca house hotel i think it would have been around 1906 she had contracted uh, typhoid fever and the story her obituary talks about uh, they had her funeral inside the hotel uh, in the parlor room which i believe is one of the front rooms today which would be our concession area Uh, would have probably been where the parlor was there was uh, one ghost um Or paranormal group who came here to do a study, and they really had distinct. I got to listen to it. What sounded like piano keys, just ding, 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 just kind of like that. And uh, the guy asked me if, you know, obviously being a theater, there was probably lots of traces of music, but wanted to know information about Ada Fry. And at the time, I didn't really know very much about Ada Fry. I did a little more investigating and in going through i found an old ad in the paper where she had a room rented next door which is now our city hall building and it was her um music studio Hmm. so whether that is a connection uh to the past of ada fry no one knows (laughs) So, what else have you heard about Pahuska? Well, interesting stories about Pahuska. Uh during the the um, it's I found this to be interesting, and uh, there's uh, i think some FBI files that you can go through to um, authenticize some of this and that is uh, during the reign of Bonnie and Clyde when they were doing their bank robbing and everything, came through Pusk, Oklahoma, and stayed the night one night. Uh, The reason I say that is in their car they found a registration paper where they had uh, used um, fake names and signed in at the Duncan Hotel, which sits, part of it still stands and sits just about a half a block away from the Constantine today. And... uh, uh, tells what room they stayed in, and there's stories where, you know, um, they believe that, you know, they were, a car was stolen here and taken, and um, that it was Bonnie and Clyde that did that, and the, the registration card was found in their death car, in the car that they were shot up mm-hmm. in, so it kind of makes that a pretty believable story. Uh, another thing about Pasco, County is we've had a lot of famous people who've been from Pasco or Osage County in general. Uh, Major General Clarence Tinker, that Tinker Air Force Base is named after, was born here in Pasco Oklahoma, and uh, raised here as a young man. The only general that was killed, in, um, or the first general, I can't believe it, I don't remember if it's the, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first general that was killed in World War II, if not the only general, but um, for the U.S., that is, and then um, we, uh, Osage County is proud of Maria and Marjorie Tallchief, which though they were born in Fairfax, uh, which is about 25 miles away from here, uh, they were in Osage County and uh, were both uh, main ballerinas, uh, Maria being a prima ballerina, the very first prima ballerina for the United States. And uh, at the time, in the 1950s, was the highest ballerina paid in the world for her dancing. Uh, We also have Ben Johnson, which was an Academy Award-winning actor and probably the only Academy Award-winning actor who also holds a World Championship rodeo title as well. Hmm. And he uh, was born here and raised here on the Chapman Barnard Ranch, which is a lot huge portion of that is the tall grass prairie today and um, it is buried here in our cemetery so those are a few of the things and people that we've that we've had here certainly an energetic bunch well a large uh, uh you know there's 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 many types i should say you know our uh, area is really known of. Uh, you, you have Native Americans. You have um, the oil man, You have the the ranchers. Uh, so there's a wide ver- variety of different types of groups that make up Osage County. And for a lot of people who don't know, who maybe are your listeners, uh, in this little town of Puske, Oklahoma, in 1909 was the very beginning of the Boy Scouts in the United States. The very first troop was started here in Pasco, Oklahoma. Now, at that time, they were not the Boy Scouts of America. They were just the Boy Scouts, and their charter was out of England. And the story behind that very quickly is that uh, Reverend Mitchell, who was from England, came here to be the Reverend for the Episcopal Church. He had helped Baden-Powell in England the year before create the Boy Scouts there, and with him he traveled with a trunk full of Boy Scout memorabilia and created the very first Boy Scout troop here in Pusk, Oklahoma. Hmm. Who knew? Any spooky stories around town? Well, I think you probably will always have uh, interesting stories, you know, any town that you go to. Um... I've heard that the Whiting Hall building, it was a, a building that was actually built to house the post office. It's not where the post office is today, but it's the building is still there. And um, up on the third top floor of the building, they used to have uh, what they called the Whiting dances. And every Saturday night they had dances there, and they had people from all over the country who would play those For example, like Bob Wills, Uh, I even was told that Ike and Tina Turner played there one time in their very early days, and um, so, you know, a lot of uh, performers that were getting their start, so to speak, would come and play, and people, that was a mainstay. People would go there every Saturday night to, um, to the dances, so I'm told inside that building uh, people that have worked there feel like there's presence there of other things that when, you know, it gets kind of quiet or whatever, that they feel. Uh, up on the Osage Agency grounds, they have buildings there. It was the old superintendent's home and some very old buildings that were built there in the 1920s or before. Um, there are people who work in those buildings who feel that there are uh, energies in there that... Uh, are found very interesting.
0: We probed Garrett if he had any more stories about the town, which he didn't. However, he realized that he hadn't shared any of his stories of his own strange encounters
1: and talking about different stories and people always ask me you know has has any of this ever affected me have i ever been here when i felt like um something was going on or you know you feel energy you feel like there was somebody here and i just have been interviewed several times by different uh papers magazines and uh, uh things uh that I tell a few stories that I did experience when I was here in the theater. One of them was, uh, I was here one night, it was about 11 o'clock at night, I was upstairs in what we call the boardroom, and I heard what sounded exactly like, or what I really thought was the front door opening and closing. It made a certain sound at that time, and we've had the door kind of fixed since then, and so it doesn't make a certain kind of slam as I heard but when I was sitting up there, it sounded just like somebody had came in, and I remember getting up from my seat and saying hello, kind of in a loud voice, never heard anything um, back, and so I went to the top of the staircase and looked down into the front lobby, and of course it was dark, and uh, streetlights were on outside shining in, and so um, I went back to my seat and sat down, and probably about five minutes later I heard the exact same sound again so this time I thought well I've got to kind of check this out because that's sure kinda makes me a little nervous so I went down the stairs and went to the front door and it was locked because usually if I come in the building late at night I will lock the door behind me just so that in case I go out the back door I don't accidentally leave the front door unlocked and the front door was locked so I put my key in and opened it and went outside to check the street to see was there somebody going in and out of a building next door was somebody in a vacant building at the time at that time that was before the pioneer woman so we had a lot of vacant buildings and so i was looking across the street at the triangle building and it was abandoned at the time thinking maybe somebody's up there making a noise or something but there was nothing it was like a ghost town you know nothing going on no cars parked outside So I decided to go back in, lock the door behind me, went back upstairs, sat down again. And probably five or 10 minutes later, it sounded just like the door slamming again. So at that time, I kind of thought, well, I think it's time for me to go home. Uh, Before I start seeing a shadow on the wall or a smoky mist, I better uh, leave. So I just uh, turned out the lights and uh, left the building, locked it, and went home. never had that happen again but um you know uh, that was kind of an interesting thing and the people would say when they worked in the theater and the risk re- refurbishing of the theater you know it closed in 1981 and it was closed for about five years and then they came in they were going to tear the building down people in the community got behind saving the, the building and so in 1987 1988 they would come down people were coming down working and cleaning the floors, pulling the old paint off the walls and stuff like that, and uh, they would tell stories about being on the stage and sweeping or cleaning, and they would hear things like they thought somebody came into the building, or maybe they would be in the front of the building and they heard what sounded like somebody walking across the stage, and so they would tell me that, you know, well, I would yell out, hello, who's here? And of course, there would be nobody. Nobody. I was underneath the stage one time in the basement, and I heard exactly what sounded like a footprint, somebody walking across the stage. I mean, there's just certain things you know, you know, when you're here all the time or in and out all the time, you kind of hear things and you think, oh, well, that's somebody in this area of the building or that area of the building. And I was in the basement, and I was doing some cleaning, and I heard the floor kind of creak, and it sounded like somebody footsteps and i thought it was a young girl who was going to come down to help clean with me that day and uh... i yelled out and said i'm down here in the basement and then i didn't hear anybody or hear anything and i started coming out of the basement from the orchestra pit and looked up and when i about the same time the young girl who was coming to help me was walking through the front door of the theater so i knew that wasn't her walking across the stage searching for me So i, f- I did i found that to be um very interesting. Uh, one other time, there was a time when three of us, three gentlemen, myself and two others, we were standing at the. Uh, if you're looking at the stage, it'd be the right hand side, in an area, and uh, we were talking. We we're talking about a rehearsal for a uh, variety show, and uh, one of the gentlemen asked the other gentleman, "Would he like to have the air on in the building? Because it was summertime and it was extremely warm in here." And he said, no, there's no need to have it on because uh, if we had the air on, it'd make everybody too comfortable and they'd want to just rehearse all night long. This way, if it's hot in here, they'll just come in and do their song and want to get out of here, right? So I said, okay. And it was just, I mean, not even probably 10 seconds after that was all mentioned that the guy who said, no, don't turn the air on, all of a sudden he just shivered. And you could tell he just, like, I don't think it was put on. I think it was very natural, at least from what I saw. And he said, ooh, is the air on in here? And me and the other gentleman kind of looked at each other with puzzling looks on her face and looked back at the other gentleman and said, no, you said not to turn the air on. And that was just kind of where that stopped. But you kind of felt everybody have this uneasiness that something had just happened we never discussed it never really talked about it but it was just the look on each other's faces of you know did, did, did this just happen the way it happened one last thing was uh, this time was on the left side down in front of the stage I was talking to a paranormal group and there was probably about five or six of us standing kind of in a circle and we were just talking about uh history of the building things that were going on And uh, on my right hand side between me and another gentleman who was standing just about a step or two out of my eyesight, I just remember seeing this smoke come between us. And immediately, my first thought was that he was smoking and had blew out a puff of smoke. And so my head just immediately looked at him, jerked to the right to look at him. And he's standing there listening to my stories with no cigarette or nothing like that. And at the time, I'm thinking into my head, you know, well, did did this really just happen? Did I really see something? But it was so distinct that um, I know what I saw. And it was not something that really we talked about or anything like that. Uh, But I just found that kind of really interesting. Indeed, certainly things going on. Before we go, where can people go to
0: learn more information about the theater?
1: Well, you can you can Google Constantine Arts Council. That will get you to, like, our Facebook page um, that may have some things on there. They can also just Google uh, Constantine Ghost, and you'll see some of the video. I believe they've posted some of that on, on uh, Facebook or uh, their websites out there. So, uh if you if you just if you look for it on there you can find some information. Well, thank you for the time to chat with us. You're most welcome.
0: As I began to put away my gear, the professor perused the various Greek portraits and works of art on display at the Constantine Theater. He seemed to be looking for something, but I wasn't sure what, and he wouldn't say either on the ride back home. Though Before we left, we treated ourselves to some baked goods from the Pioneer Woman mercantile as I shared my thoughts for our next episode. He didn't seem too particularly enthusiastic like he normally would be, and so I called him out on it. He replied, I have a feeling that all of our plans are going to change.
2: Tales Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank Garrett Hartness at the Constantine Theatre for setting up the stage with great stories for this episode. The opinions and stories told are that of the individuals and do not reflect their employer, affiliates, and spirits mentioned. Join us on Patreon to help support Tales Unveiled while getting exclusive rewards. Visit TalesUnveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. Today's advice comes from Oprah Winfrey. Passion is energy. Feel the power that comes from focusing on what excites you.